Hello and welcome to Talk Junkie. My name is Justin Perkins. Um, this is part two of a two-parter. Um, maybe a three-parter. It depends on how this goes and where we're at. Uh, we're looking at formats for music. <clears throat> In the first part, we covered uh, records, vinyl, 8-track, um, and tape. Um, and we kind of got up to the early 90s. Um, tapes really came in in that 80s era you know vinyl still big in the 80s 8 tracks gone um, in the early 90s tapes really start or CDs really started replacing cassette tapes uh, so it's really a short run for cassettes uh, vinyl still hanging in there nowhere near um, uh, what it should be but in 1988 CD passes vinyl sales by the early 90s it starts replacing cassettes and I looked at this information in a lot of different places doesn't mean it's accurate everybody's got a little bit of but a lot of it's in the wording and I don't know if it's because a lot of these are written by uh, by music lovers and by audiophiles, but the wording's almost always the same. Um, in the late 80s, CD passes vinyl sales. You know, generally, and actually, the physical year's 88. In 88, uh, CD passes vinyl sales. Okay. They word that as passes, not replaces, passes. But in the early 90s, it starts replacing cassettes. Which is to say that there's a decline in 88 in vinyl sales and an increase in CD sales. Even though CDs are very new. And, and in a lot of ways, a CD player, especially as a luxury item at that point, they're very expensive. But, you know, VCR, everything started out that way. Um, but in, in the late 80s, you know, it starts to surpass vinyl sales, but it's still under cassettes. Cassettes, it's probably a price point thing. But cassettes are still priced cheap enough, I'm assuming, by the late 80s to, to, to hold off uh, the impending uh, victor uh, in CDs. But, but CDs do come in in the early 90s. Now, I remember my first CD player. I'm not 100% sure on my first CD. I've thought about this numerous times, and I can narrow it down to... A Leonard Skinner CD I traded my buddy out of. An ACDC CD. Or a Jimi Hendrix uh, CD. And th those, those three things come very close together right in there. And I've always thought, and I, you know, that of those three, and I'm almost positive of those three, the Leonard Skinner CD came second. I thought for a long time it was first, but I think it came second. And I'm sitting and I'm doing all this, thinking it. And then I remember, and this is a memory that hadn't popped in my head for in, in, in years. But before I get this first CD player and before I get these CDs, my grandfather had run this store uh, when I was younger. Uh, he had run it. You know, I believe he built it in 82 when I was born, you know, and, and he had pool halls and stuff, but 
there was a summer that he really just didn't open the store. I mean, he just, it was a very short span. He wasn't, and I opened it. You know, he basically, you know, let me hang around in there. Me and my friend Lance were in there a lot, and I'd be in there just goofing around in the store, and and he had some CD players. And I got them out, hooked them up, and hooked them to speakers. I'd never had a CD player, you know. I'd never really seen one, never really messed with one. And I found a Bob Seger CD in one of the CD players. He's probably return units or something of that. He's gotten a pallet. We listened to that Bob Seger CD all summer, basically, that summer. And, you know, it's not something I'm huge on or really got into a lot at that time was Bob Seger. But, you know, was, and I held on to that CD. And even though it was just a little bit of time before I ended up with the CD player, I'm assuming that actually may have been my first CD. But that's just a little side story. Uh, CDs coming into the 90s, you know, like I said, I'd loved cassette. And I hung in there with cassette. I never completely liked it. If I was out and it was 1999 and I found a good cassette, I'd take it and bring it home. I had a cassette player, you know. Um, I had a, a big four-model stereo. I, I loved it. I still used cassette to tape things and make. I was making um, kind of like mixtapes at that time. Uh, I was into a new style of music and, and a lot of people weren't or hadn't heard it and you know i heard a lot i heard slipknot for the first time on a mixtape uh, that a buddy of mine had made for me um you know th there's a lot of music i was experiencing for the first time on tape still coming into the mid to late 90s but my love for music really skyrocketed in the 90s and like i said i never really lost my love for cassettes but my love for cds got huge you know there's a lot of people that just you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and, you know, now we know there's a sound difference, and there's this, and there's that, but a lot of people just really want to knock CDs, and let me assure you, 99% of those people were not knocking CDs when CDs were the big medium. Um, they were in love with CDs. CDs were so convenient. You know, you kind of took a backward step, in a very small way, from record to cassette. With cassette, you had to listen, and I don't think this is a bad thing. You had to listen to an album from beginning to end on one side or the other, you know. Uh, or, or you could try to fast forward and rewind and stop at the beginning or something. That was hard. It's much easier. Getting to one particular song was hard with a cassette. With a record, somewhat easier to get to one particular song. But with a CD, with a CD, there's no effort whatsoever. You could go pick any track. And immediately go to that track. Now, with the first little CD, portable CD players, you know, um, the process sometimes, at least on one I have, is a little slow uh, getting there. But but on a, a large CD player or a boombox type CD player, it was easy. You know, you just go straight to it. Cassette tapes had made stereos portable. Interesting. Like radios were obviously portable. And, you know, you could pack a little radio around... But then when you incorporate the tape into it, you know, like you couldn't just pack a record player around and like it, it was hard. It had to be sitting still with the cassette. You had the boombox era of the 80s, late 80s and stuff like that, especially with hip hop. But you could pack the, the, the actual playback device around. It was fairly portable. Um, there was no skipping. If you jarred the 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 record it skipped you know and and or or would jump off the needle would jump off you didn't have to worry about that with cassettes coming into cds 
portability, you know, was still there, but you also had the skip factor, you know. Uh, you hit it, it skipped. It scratched, it was damaged. And, you know, it was nowhere near as durable as the cassette and the record. And so at first, I was a cassette guy. I was like, this isn't durable. This is going to scratch. It's, you know, I can't take it with me. I can't, I don't have a CD player in a car. I don't, sorry, lack of sleep sucks. I, I don't have, um, a portable CD player to take with me. And then when I get one, it skips. And then they come up with skip protection. But anyway, you know, so at first I was a little bit hesitant. Um, price was obviously an issue. This brought down the price of cassettes slightly. But, you know, it was because of the inflated price of CDs. But it also was a matter of comfort. And, you know, I was comfortable with cassettes. And like I said, there was a durability with cassettes I didn't see with CDs. But soon... You know, I started to find that it was getting harder just because of the limited places I was able to find CDs to find the bands that I liked on cassette. I could do it, but it took a little more looking because I had a limited area. Then, you know, the the magazine companies come out, 12 CDs for a penny. Once that hit, you know, everybody was listening to CDs because they, they become, you know, somewhat... Uh, affordable because you were scamming CD companies and they deserved it Um, because they were scamming you uh, in the long run they were scamming somebody but uh, you know that 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 allowed for that allowed for me to to purchase more and it started becoming because music was so prevalent in my life and so important to me uh, you know that's what I was asking for for Christmases for birthdays was, was music so I got um I got to where I become in love with CDs. Artwork was more impressive on CDs. I can only imagine being that, you know, by this point I have very little um, really history with vinyl. Like I said, I've, I've grown to appreciate vinyl now and kind of went back to it. And I had vinyl back then, but almost 99.9% of the vinyl I had come out of jukeboxes. So you've got a little paper sheath. Here's your record. You know, I'm not getting the book. I'm not getting the full visual experience that the people who were big in the vinyl and had been in that vinyl generation got. I got that with cassette tapes and liked it. You know, I really liked it. But the CD to me changed that. You know, it's obviously it's just larger. You know, the the CD the 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 cover of the booklet, which becomes a CD cover, is is larger and and there's more room for art and it's brighter and it's it's I mean. You know, you open it up, here's here's the lyrics and, and the pictures of the bands and, and things of that nature. CDs become our record for that generation. And it it was just a more impressive visual uh, presentation. That hurt cassette. And like I said, the ability to go to any one song... Anytime you want it. If you wanted to listen to track 11, you could go straight to track 11. You did not have to listen to all of the second side of the tape. To get. And, again, that's not necessarily always a good thing. I was so used to putting in a cassette tape and listening from beginning to end side A, beginning to end side 2, you know. And so when I would put in a CD, I would start track 1. That's, that's what you do. And it was enjoyable like if i had it 
I would know quickly whether I liked the band or not. And obviously, there's bands you just like one song. And the cassette was kind of hard for that because I'd come across the band and I was like, okay, I like this one song. I don't like anything else they've done. Like, it just doesn't call to me. I may listen to the casing, but I'm not going to listen to it all the time. I've got two options. Option one, transfer it over to, you know, a mixtape of stuff that's kind of like, like it so that I can listen to just that one song or just fast forward and look for it generally it was either mixtape or nothing either mixtape or I didn't listen to that very often with the CD I started buying singles for the first time in my life um, which I don't think was a good thing necessarily for me um, because I, I was kind of disappointed in singles um, but if it turned out to be somebody that you didn't like the other stuff they done that was neat because you could get it cheap and you know what have you but i was still listening beginning to end like i was with the tape format uh, once i'd done that a hundred times then i had the ability to go seek out specific songs and i really liked it so the cd appealed in so many ways the visual component the ease of access and it was new and it felt new and it felt revolutionary and the 90s was about new you know i can't and, and i'm sure everybody feels that way about every every generation but i can't attest to that because I, I i was young in the 80s and i liked pop music in the 80s and i didn't like hair metal in the 80s and i didn't like hair metal in the 90s and i don't like hair metal now i just don't i don't like motley crew I, I, it's not my thing i can't help it i'm not down on anybody for liking it. it's just not my thing but with the 90s it just seemed like everything was different it seemed like pop music was different and you know um i'd kind of phased out of pop and got to where i really didn't have a whole lot of interest in pop but it felt like pop music had changed and pop music was different and pop music was growing and then it also felt like there were a lot of boy bands which that started in the 80s or when it, i guess late 80s with new kids on the block but i never did get involved with any of that but then you have something to me Nirvana was so different, you know, Stone Temple Violets, very different, um, you know, Smashing Pumpkins, very different, so you had this alternative and this grunge, you know, Alice in Chains and Pearl Jam, like you had this shift in music that to me was, was very, um, very unique, and I'm not going to sit and be one of these people, like, I know people that just they can't acknowledge any other form of music other than what they listen to. And look, I do listen to grunge. I didn't listen to grunge as much at the time because, you know, I was still a classic rock guy and, and moving into metal. But I appreciated it then, and now I've really grown to love it. Especially, like I said, like bands like Alice in Chains and stuff like that. But it was a very important move. And... That, to me, kind of helped open up the 90s to this shift in music. And i got to be careful to not make this just a, a whole episode on 90s music. But, you know, what some people called new metal came in. And I, I don't like the idea of even putting this music together. Uh, System of a Down, Rage Against the Machine, Deftones, Corn. You can mention Limp Biscuit. you know... None of those bands even remotely sound like they should in no way be in the same genre, but somehow they got put there. But there's never been anything like Rage really before Rage. Like MC5, people will say stuff like MC5. MC5's great, but they're not like Rage. Like Rage is just different. 
uh, corn is different you know the first corn album does sound kind of like a, a helmet album mixed with maybe a little something else but it's it's different the first deftones album to the second deftones album very different music i mean very nobody really system nobody in the world sounds like system of a down before system of a down in my opinion there may be something out there i didn't hear but the 90s becomes very experimental very new there's new music popping up everywhere and the cd is there for that and, and I'd mentioned at the end of the last episode, by 1999, the record industry rec- reported $40 billion in music sales. This is before iTunes and, and, and buying your music on iTunes. You know, so th- this is including CD, cassette, vinyl. We know that by 88, CDs passed vinyl sales. By the early 90s, it's replacing cassette. So by 99, of that $40 billion in sales, the majority of that is going to CD. And, and the record industry is, I'm sure, elated. Um, I don't know if concerts, and I'm a, there's no way they are, uh, that would have to be extensively bigger than that. But, you know, it the music industry is at its height. And it, to my understanding, that is its largest point ever. It's obviously done nothing but go down since then. And it had been working its way up till then. So, at 1999, you're looking at the height of the music industry at $40 billion in sales. Which, of course, you've got CD, which to that point, the most accessible, most portable... Uh, easiest access and most popular format that they've had. You've got MTV and TRL are huge and they're helping, really helping record sales. Radio is still viable. It still means something. It's still helping push album sales. Touring is still uh, important, which touring is a lot more important now to bands than it was then. But touring is 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 feeding off this. Everything's feeding off the sales of these CDs, and everything is feeding into the sales of these CDs. You really get the birth of festivals, uh, Woodstock '99, Ozfest. You know, you get the the birth of these different festivals. Um, I'm about positive Warp Tour was out at that point you know you've got some of the alternative and the punk stuff like the festivals and and all the infrastructure is there to have a massive industry and cds are at the helm of this industry and again you know for me cds were about the book the the presentation everything you know everything is 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 there for cds and you know it's at the height of of my adolescence, you know, um, I graduated high school in 2000, so, uh, from 90, this is not the whole time, but no doubt, from 96, 95, 96, into 99, 2000, my freshman into my senior year, music is the most important thing in the world to me, my band, and listening to music, and hanging out, and talking about music, and being around music, and thinking about music, and writing music, and and anything and everything involving 
my life revolved around music at that time and the CD is in the center of that and in this time you know you get burnable CDs and CDRs and you know that comes more towards the end but something starts happening in 99 that I'm not really in on and never really got in on to be completely honest with you in 99 Napster hits you know and Napster ends up getting to 80 million users um, that's into the 2000s but Napster hits in 99 and I don't my knowledge of Napster is this Lars from Metallica went after him and it made Lars look bad like people didn't like Lars I, I just there was no physical medium there I thought when it first come out, we're talking about like an internet radio. Like I, I lived in East. I didn't like radio. I liked going to Louisville. I liked the LRS and the Fox. I, I liked going there and listening to those radio stations because you know they they played the music I was into. But I didn't like local music. And even then, even though like when I was in Louisville, it was cool to hear my music on the radio, which was never going to happen. It was cool to hear these local bands on, on the radio there, which you know wasn't going to happen very often here. Those bands were never going to get on the radio here, but, you know, it was hard to even get your band on the radio here, if not for something like Trev and Bubba's show, or eventually, years after this, uh, Killer Niece, you know, a local DJ, there there was no way to get your, your local music on the air, or to hear anything that even remotely was like rock at that time. So I just, I don't know, I, just, I didn't get into it. And, you know, I mean, I really didn't get into it. I would get CDs all the time that people would make, just these mix CDs, and mix CDs got huge. So in the early 2000s, oh, like mixed music was huge, and like you would get these CDs, like you'd be like, "Hey man, have you heard um, of so and so?" Like this opened me up. Like you heard of Hypnagogia? Like this is the band that my brother introduced me to in in the early 90s. I want to say I want to say it was before 05. I really believe it was before it was off LimeWire. I know where he got it from, and I was like, no, and you know, and I still listen to that three or four of those songs that he gave me today. Like I've I've purchased them since then, but the the I can't speak intelligently about Napster because it wasn't my thing. I wanted a physical copy. I was young enough to be part of that Napster generation, but I had this. A OCD of needing something physical to hold on to and that that you know kept kept me away from Hamster you know it just I didn't and, and sub, subsequently LimeWire like I played with LimeWire a little bit but I can honestly tell you maybe on my own personal computer at home through the entirety of the download generation I've downloaded zero songs my, you know I didn't even know how I've been at my brother's and went through and picked songs I'm like hey get me that one because he would show me you know and try to download stuff I'd never heard of things I didn't know but burnt CDs this format of CDs 
finally gets to this point where it's somewhat similar to cassette. Because with cassette, the best thing about cassette, the one thing cassette had been able to do that up to this point CD still couldn't do was replication. Or making your own mix. Now with the CD art of it, that become huge. And, and you know, we could go have, we went and had a little single made, my band did, and, and you know, we sent it in the radio station, and we made a bunch of copies ourselves. Like, that was, you, you could sit and, and print your own CDs, and that was great. That made it good for bands. And, you know, there was obviously an impact to Napster, and I agree with the musicians 100% on it. Like, if a musician wants to give away his music, that's fine, but you shouldn't be able to steal it. And that's not why I wasn't on Napster at that time. I, I didn't have that kind of philosophy at that time. I, I I didn't have a philosophy either way. I didn't know, you know. That That's the thing about life. If you don't grow and learn as you get older, then you're probably not doing something right, and you're really wasting everybody's time. But, I, you know, as I grew and got older and realized, hey, you know, um, I, I don't... I don't want to steal their music. So I, I never got in to Napster. Now around 05, um, iTunes is going. And they're starting to outpace CD sales. This, this is huge. You know, by 2018, you know, this is just two years ago. Best Buy had started phasing out CDs. You know, but in 05, iTunes starts outpacing CDs. And there's a reason for, for the for the digital revolution. Um, I wasn't an early adopter. I don't know what first iTunes was like. I don't know what the first iPods were like. Um, I held on to CDs up until... Easily, probably six years ago, maybe a little longer. But but I would I would say right around five six years ago, maybe a little bit longer, maybe seven. But I, I, I my guess would be right around six years ago. But iTunes gives you the ability to buy one song, makes it affordable. I mean, like people don't look at it that way, but it makes it affordable. You can go and you can buy one song. Okay. That hurts album sales. That hurts the artist. That hurts albums. That makes It's hard to make an album a classic. But, you know, in today's market, it's much cheaper most of the time to buy the iTunes version than buy the physical copy. And again, you can buy one song. Here, and there, look, there's bands... I, I'm I'm both ways on this. If I like a band, like I like Deftones, I'm gonna buy their album. Like I pay for iTunes music, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the whole album. And there may be like they have had albums that I don't like every song on. But I'm gonna give every song a try, and I'm gonna initially purchase every song. There are bands I've never heard of anything other than one song, or you know, there's a special version of one song I want, and I will buy that way, buy the one song. So I'm just guilty as anybody else. But I held out so long getting an iPod or going to a digital music because I wanted the physical copy, you know. And I actually, it's been, it's not, there's no way it's been. When I bought my first 
new Dodge truck. Well, newer Dodge truck. It was not. I bought a 2014 in 2015, so it's been five years ago. I bought a 2015 Dodge truck. It didn't have a CD player. I bought a 16 or a 14, and then I bought a 16 after that. Didn't have a CD player. We bought my wife a Grand Cherokee. Didn't have a CD player. And I can't live without music. And I tried the Sirius XM route, and it did. I want to be able to listen to what I want to listen to. And I finally had given in and bought an, bought an iPhone, and that's what made me make the transition to digital music. I went to digital music because society had pushed me to digital music. And digital music is very handy, and I'm not opposed to it now. I like it. I like to be able to just go, okay, I want to listen to this. But I do miss the physical you know, I missed the, and I got rid of all my CDs. You know, they were CDs that had got stolen from me that were local band, like stuff that could not be replaced. And that got me down hard, and I just got rid of the rest of everything else. I just let it go. Like, I mean, I, I give some to my brother. Uh, I think I give some to Goodwill. Like, I just, I let them go. And I would love to have those back. And, you know, uh, I've thought many times about rebuilding my CD collection, you know. And, and rebuilding my cassette collection. I'd, I'd like to do that. But this new digital medium was a different monster. We'd had a physical copy of something in our hands, and we more often than not had listened to an album from beginning to end for so long that here's this instant gratification. Here's this. I can go straight to. And it spoils you. It spoiled me. I think it spoiled everybody. But it also gutted the music industry. A lot of artists that I liked who weren't huge stars struggled the more digital music got big. Now, no-name stars who had, you know, once recording, once home recording caught up with digital sales... I mean, you can record at home an acoustic album, just you if you're a folk singer or a country singer. Like it, people of that nature making simple to record good music that people like. I mean, you can really do something with it and get it out. It's easy to get it out. It's easy to advertise it with social media. It's easier to be a musician on a small level right now than it ever has been in the history of the industry, I believe. But it's harder to be a mid-level musician than it's ever been. Like, I don't see as many big headlining tours for rock and, and metal stuff. Like It's mostly festivals. And it's that way with a lot of stuff. Other than country, country seems to be... Which countries become pop. And pop and country will always... They're the most popular. You know, they'll always have that ability to... You know, if country ever went back to being real country it would have a little bit harder time. There's there's artists like Tyler Childers and uh, Sturgill Simpson, uh, you know, and others that that are doing very well right now. Well, I mean, especially Simpson is doing very well right now, even though I, I believe he's more of a rock, and, a rock and roll guy, just with a country voice. Um, he's definitely not pop. He's definitely not pop country. He's definitely not pop music. He's just real good music, and he's able to be... And, and, some people like that will shine through all the time, you know. But on the same hand, you know, Beyonce can probably tour any time Beyonce wants to tour. 
you know so it's it's a different world whereas you know in in the late 90s like you know you, you could catch a lot of shows a lot of bands a lot of tours going and it doesn't seem to be as prevalent now and that's because you know they were able to stage a lot of those tours based off record sales based off of cd sales you know and in the 80s based off of cassette and record sales and used the tour to generate more sales for the album now it's vice versa you're trying to use the album to get big enough for you can tour because bands are making their money touring you know the record company's still making money period everything they do just not as much as they were but they're still making money they're still stealing from artists but you know artists are having to depend much more on touring you know and this started out of that little seed that was Napster in 99 and people's need for instant gratification. And it's affected me. Like I said, I, how many thousands of songs are on my iPhone? Um, I don't own an actual iPod. I never have. I don't really know a lot about them. Um, so like I said, I'm not a digital person. But that's where all my music is right now. It's on my iPod. Besides the few physical copies I have at the house. Or it's on my iPhone. And, you know, it wasn't a, a change I wanted to make. It wasn't something I was comfortable with doing, but it was. So, music formats. Now, again, I'm wanting to put together a panel and just sit down and discuss these and, and what we like about each. Discussions are so much better in groups, and these podcasts will reflect that. Um, it's just hard to get people going. So, you know, got to get some people motivated to sit down and do this. But, um, you know, from the rise of records and vinyl, like I said, vinyl is still up there in, in the in the late into this past decade which has just been about a month ago into the vinyl is out of cd which is dead i mean it, it's dying it's being phased out tape which is dead and gone like i mean there's some tape collectors henry rollins is a huge tape collector it, it, it's there's some i don't know any eight track collectors i know they're out there but of vinyl eight track tape and cd vinyl's the only thing hanging in there you know Digital's pretty well replaced everything else. And a lot of new bands are putting out bundles. Uh, you buy our vinyl, you get a free digital copy, things of that nature. And that's keeping vinyl alive. They've opened up plants back up to produce vinyl. They hadn't produced vinyl in a long time. So, you know, of all these formats, vinyl has that staying power, has that ability to be there. And uh, it's pretty cool. It's cool that it's still there, you know. And, and digital is going to be the wave of the future. I don't ever see there being... You know, I do remember some guys, and it may not have been very prevalent. These guys were, you know, really intelligent, really sharp guys that had, you know, uh, and you would see it, you know, I well, I guess it's kind of prevalent because I've seen uh, aftermarket stereos with uh, ports to, to plug in memory sticks and flashcards, you know, full of music. So that that format was there or may even still be there to some degree, but it's nowhere near as prevalent as as downloads and iTunes and things of that nature, Google Music, um, you know, th- those things have surpassed the physical format. And I don't see there ever being another great physical format. But send me a message. Send me a, uh, an email at uh, authorjperk at gmail.com or on the YouTube page, which nobody's going to share this YouTube page and get it out. 
Uh, I'm not getting a ton of views, but I'm getting a ton of questions. I don't understand that. I'm going to. I'm actually making a video later to kind of clarify something to some people. I'm not showing any views, but I'm getting so many questions about those videos. But I'll, I'll cover that in the video, um, or anywhere, anywhere you can find, wherever you're finding this at, trace it back somewhere and send me a message. What's your favorite type of format, music format, things of that nature? If there's anything you think I got wrong, or which, <laughs> uh, yeah, don't when you don't think there's anybody listening, ask them to point out what you did wrong, and people will find you. Um, but, you know, again, my favorite format, when it's all said and done, is probably cassette and CD, just because of the the emotional attachment, um, probably more so CD, you know, looking back, and I, that's not the popular view, I know, but that's me, I, uh, digital will never be my favorite form, even though it's the easiest and most sensible and most productive for me, it, it will never be, and I, I don't think it will be for many people, but, um, next thing we're going to do in this vein uh it may not be the actually next podcast but the next thing we're going to do in the vein of this is we're going to look at uh youtube mtv and radio and how they kind of affect me i'm a big music guy and i like to i like to think about these things and then maybe this gets somebody else thinking and they want to discuss this with me but um a couple things red spotted newt r-e-a-d red spotted newt new bookstore in hazard kentucky I want to say it opens this Thursday, and I have been on the road and back and forth and out of state and different places and and downstate ends election and stuff. For less, and I've not been able to look. I know it's going to be open by February 1st, but I believe it opens this Thursday or next Thursday. I don't know. It's going to be open by February 1st. Next time you listen to one of these, I will have the exact date for you. Uh, that's sad. I sat down to do a reading don't have it. But check out Red Spot and You can find them on... Uh, Facebook, that's Red, R-E-A-D, Red Spotted Newt uh, Bookstore. They're going to be in Hazard, Kentucky. Uh, as always, um, I don't get paid to do this. This just is what it is. Uh, chain Reaction, BJJ in Hazard, Kentucky. The best human beings on the planet. You can get in shape, you can work out. Uh, maybe you can find a way to help me get down there more often. But uh, they're the best human beings on the, on the face of the earth. They're the best gym I've ever been to, the best people I've ever met. Oh yeah, they teach jiu-jitsu as well, and, and uh, our black belt teaches it well. Uh, you, you get great interaction from a black belt from Lexington, Kentucky, from Reaction uh, MMA in, in Lexington, a gentleman named uh, Professor Rob Nickerson, uh, a, a great guy. This is an unbelievable group of people all the way around. The SAS crew is, is great. Check it out. Um, it's a great place to go. And we were talking about formats. I want to mention, again, if you do live in this area, go to Whitesburg, Kentucky. Uh, go to Roundabout Music. Um, check them out. Um, they have a record store. Like I said, it's a local-owned record store. Um, I mean, it's a great place. And, and do that. You know, when you can't, like, it's hard. I know it's hard. It's hard to get time to do anything. It is for everybody. It's hard for me to get down that way to get to Whitesburg. I've only been in there twice, I believe. Um, but, you know, when you get a chance, go check it out. Check out your local music stores. Um, instruments or... Um, Audio-wise, check out your local music stores. Check out your local tattoo shops, you know. Um, check out your local gyms, you know. Check out your local people. Maybe we can get this whole conversation thing started again where people like to talk to each other. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed these last two episodes. Um, if you did, drop me something, let me know. Um, not very many people are being interactive, so the few that are, I am going to be able to get back to you. I did one uh, mini-cast the other day involving something like that. 
I've got another mini cast a guy wants to know about uh, podcasting and making a podcast. So I'm going to do a mini cast on that. So uh, right now, while nobody else is talking to me, you need to get a hold of me. <laughs> it's easier for me to respond to you. Uh, but everybody have a great day and thanks for listening.